I'm Jake Watson, and this is the Saints Unscripted podcast, where we have conversations about faith crisis, topics that may be triggering about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Gospel, church history, prophets, the Book of Mormon and the Bible, and so many other things. This is Season 1, Faith Crisis. Joseph Smith, even if he copied it straight from the doc, from the New Testament, uh, it, it needs to be in there because it needs it need wherever it came from. It establishes the covenant. It's not some random Isaiah like Isaiah is just like, hey, you know, let me just do some parallelism. Like he's like, no, this is the covenant. I am real. I am a God that don't leave his people hanging. And the ultimate end, we live in a world where people have choices, but no matter what, I save my people. I redeem my people. I come back for my people in the third and fourth generation. I will come back. This is the greatest love story of all time. Today we have Stephen Jones in the house, in the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome, Stephen. Thanks for coming. Hey, good to be here, man. We are going to talk about race as it pertains to the temple and priesthood ban <laughs> you already seem so delicate about it like okay <laughs> not that you shouldn't i'm just saying i just i'm just putting I'm just, I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit you know? <laughs> thanks you like, you're like, like, like literally in the, in the holding of your hands you're like no yeah but for real though this is something that's kind of sensitive to a lot of people i mean i that's kind of i mean i respect that you are doing that i just you know the delicacy of the hands like yeah anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, <cool. laughs> i love well, it where where was i Oh, saying, temple. So there's the temple ban, priesthood ban, yeah. you know, and kind of the racial history that has been in the church, you know, from about 1852 to 1978. Okay. There are a lot of great sources. Maybe we'll put them in the descriptions. Uh, there's uh, Darius Gray, Marvin Perkins, W. Paul Reeve. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of others that we can put in there. But we're going to try to talk about it today. Stephen, and I'm glad I have you as a guest. I'm not, so, so I want to be clear. Like I'm not an expert. We know each other. I just have a perspective that I think could be useful. And I don't. I, it may be things that people agree with. Maybe they don't agree with them. But uh, hopefully, we can have something that can be beneficial to somebody. You know, there's got to be somebody out there that uh, that we can connect with, and, and you know, just from our personal experiences. That's what I thought. Absolutely, yeah. and that's why I'm really excited to have you on and talk about it. Yeah, and so. For me, I, I've I've sort of known about it my whole life, but only within the past few years when this sort of faith crisis or faith adventure started is when I started paying more attention to it mm-hmm. and actually looking at it and actually trying to feel it, right? And within that, you you start looking at least me i started looking at some history and some statements made by some prophets mm. and and some people's stories in that time period that mm. were faithful latter day saints that couldn't go into the temple mm. couldn't receive the priesthood mm. and it just hurt like it hurt more than anything else and that's i feel like that's when i started to call mayday that's when my <laughs> plane started going down and not to say that it was ru- it was going perfectly because at that time I I had been really spotty going to church for a while. I I mean, I think I told you once that me and my wife would just go to church and sometimes we'd get there about right on time. Mm-hmm. And so only the seats in the very, very front, the pews, <laughs> yeah. we'd sit right behind the deacons. <laughs> you're like, you're like walking in like eight seconds. Eight, eight, <laughs> and we'd sit down and this was the time before the pandemic. So they do the sacrament first. First. Yeah. Right now it's a little tough because you gotta they yeah. do it at the end. You can't just anyway. And we'd take the sacrament and then once they'd, you know, conclude the sacrament and start with the talks session section of the sacrament meeting, we'd just like get up and bow out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, and that had been going on and I had kind of started, I don't know about lose faith, but maybe a little bit of loss of faith and a loss of trust, mm. a loss of belief. Mm a loss of fervor and excitement in the gospel. Mm. And then, you know, about a year or so, and then just, you know, not too long ago came, a, you know, I started to really get affected by this. So this was, this. I don't, sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to interrupt. Like this was the catalyst one for you. I think like so. Like you had a lot, you had a lot, like I'm making sure that's clear for me. Like 
there was a lot of things that had been happening. And then when you kind of learn more about it, was it because you mentioned quotes? Was it like a specific one? Yeah, was there, it, there like, was some first presidency like declarations or statements mm -hmm. made in like the, I think it was the 1930s or 40s mm -hmm. concerning the Negroes spot in the church mm -hmm. and the, and the, and it just hurt because it felt like it was a declaration of doctrine uh, of God, uh, not man. Mm -hmm. it, this was God's doing. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't so much as, oh, I have a problem with the prophets. I have a problem with any leaders of the church. I was like, wow, God really did this. Could mm -hmm. God do this? Why did God allow it? If it mm -hmm. wasn't him, why is it saying it's man-made when, or why is it saying that it's God-made, not man-made, and we're just instruments in his hands when it feels like, I, I don't believe in a God like that. Yeah. So maybe I was having this dissonance mm -hmm. where I didn't know what to believe, and I was struggling in this space. So anyway, and so that's- Do you remember, that's, do you remember yeah. like when it was, like what it was like, like overall, like- Yeah, I do. Was I it like was a day? My, was it like was it like a I day was where laying like, in my bed on a Sunday? <laughs> and I'm not laughing at you. I just love how you're like saying it. You're like my anyway. Sorry. <laughs> in my bed on a Sunday, and the sun was coming through. It was in July uh -huh. of all days. Beautiful day, right? I remember everything about that moment, and I feel like I just started to be sucked into this black hole mm. because it was something I had never confronted before, ever, mm. or felt, and. It's so that's what I'm saying. Like, cause for me, I think that obviously like, well, obviously it's not the best word, but like the conversation that we're having right now, like, cause I think that the representation of you, there's a lot of people, cause you almost assume a lot of times, maybe people do that. Like if you're not like, like, you know, cause I'm, so I happen to be black and white. So my mom's white, my dad's black. Right. And you're Caucasian, white, whatever you want, whatever we want to call it. Right. And so, but like, it's almost like an issue that like you could say like, oh, it only affects, it could only affect black people. And so I think that's just interesting overall, not that it should or shouldn't be that way for you, but I think that like, um, I'm just curious about like, cause, cause I've heard lately that there's like an unmet need usually that's associated with a lot of things. Like, what do you think it was that was like, if, the, if it were to be like a gap, like what would be the thing that like created the gap for you? Not that it's, you know, some people might think that that's an obvious question, right? But like for you, what do you think it was? Good question. You know what I'm saying? I like to think of some because I got I got my I got things that I've thought about it and it's questions that I've had. You know, I'm just yeah. curious from you because you know from a person who's Caucasian, right? I think that's an important question to ask. I'm just curious. That's my. I'm just curious. So you're saying, Jake, you're white. Why do you care? <laughs> that's <it. laughs> that's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. That's not what I, I, I think that. Um, I think people watching this might be thinking like, hold up, like. Like he's black and he's white, right? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be having anything. Right. And but I'm saying like, I'm there. interested to know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know you weren't asking that. I just yeah. thought I'd joke around a little <laughs> like, bit. Like just get to the chase. No. <laughs> but somebody was thinking it, right? <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you know? You. Now, yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Because I, I want to think of uh, some of the feelings that I've had throughout. And I don't know if I can attribute it specifically to this. But did I feel some sort of betrayal because I feel like it wasn't talked about enough mm. or taught to me enough? Hmm. Was it feeling sadness in a God who I thought, I thought this is the character of God. Mm. And then coming mm. across things that threatened that belief of a God who I thought I believed in and loved. So like, there was like a disconnect. I think there, I think, yeah, disconnect. I don't know. There've been other things that felt sort of like a betrayal, sort of. Not really. Feeling like, feeling lied or deceived to. I know those are big things that I see when people leave the church. They say, I've been lied and deceived to mm -hmm. and I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I felt a little bit of that. I don't know if it was specific to the race and the priest. I think, I think it just had that disconnect with a God who, who I had like a, a foundational belief in mm -hmm. And that foundation seemed to sort of slip a little bit. It wasn't compatible. It was different than what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was different. And it just mm. made me sad. Mm -hmm. It made me so incredibly sad. And it felt, and, and then of course, everything starts to fall. Mm. And we've done many episodes talking about many different issues. And 
it came, yeah, it, it mainly came down to why do I believe in a, why do I want to believe in a God or trust his servants if I don't feel like What am I trying to say? Nothing's good. So you're saying like, if you don't feel like they're, if the God that I know, that doesn't seem like that's him. It's kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Huh. A little bit. Okay. It, it just hurt. It, it, it hurt. And I feel a little like I shouldn't feel hurt as well yeah. because I, you know, I was born white mm -hmm. with all the privilege in the world. And why am I? feeling this hurt and it and so what i think it is is just my beliefs and my thoughts of what god are, are not compatible with what you're seeing what with what i'm seeing and what not a lot of the teachings changed not a lot of the culture traditions changed it's as if the band still exists mm. and it's still alive and active today and i remember growing up and hearing about race and Cain's mark, right? The curse of Cain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I wasn't exactly hearing it or being taught by it in the light of this is wrong. We don't believe this. Mm. So just like, yeah, that's what it is. And there was no like, correction of it. No correction. So and it's probably still a sort of a real thing. You, you know, what's interesting. I was talking to my friend yesterday because you know, like, like COVID-19 is like really like just stirred up a whole bunch of stuff and not even just with race, but I'm saying like in the world, like the election, there was so many like conspiracy theories there's so many things that were going on and it really made me think like is it really that like we want to know you know and so for me personally i find myself trying to be like i want to make sense of something so i got to come up with i got to come up with something you know what i mean i want to come to some type of conclusion i want to come up this with some type of answer you know what i mean and so then you i start to like come up with ideas you know and it's not that i'm saying that like um I don't know if that makes any sense. Does that even make any sense? Like, it's easy for me to like, I want to come up with an answer. Like the idea though is like, life is so complex, like really, really complex in every aspect, in every way. You know what I mean? And it's like, when I come with questions like this, like for me personally, I want to just be able to be like, this is like, you know what? I figured it out. That's what it is. It's this, it's that, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? And then for me, it's like, if I like, it makes me to be able to cope with it for the good or for the bad, you know? I just think it's interesting that you're saying that because like- Us millennials just have to know everything. Well, no, Nothing's I think it's fine to want to know. I think I know. that it's fine to want to know. I'm saying that like, just for me personally, like I, it made me realize like for me that I like, that's, that's the reason, you know, it's that thing, you know? And the reality is like human, like it's made me, like the more I'm like, the longer I'm living, the more like complex I realize that life really is. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know, man, because I've thought about this stuff, a lot of stuff like this too, a lot. And um, like, because from the South, right? Like my dad, like he, he married my mom when he was in 1979. Like this is back when like, because I think about how like me growing up in the South, like racism was real, man. Like, like people, I remember there was a girl when I was 15 and I would, uh, and she was white and I was like, my mom was white. And so- I uh I really liked her a lot and like we we were like we were like really you know really you know we just you know we thought we were in love you know what I mean? <laughs> right and so like I would call her dad her dad would be like are you talking to that you know what I mean like like I'm saying like this was just life you know what I mean and it doesn't excuse what he's saying I'm just saying that like racism to me like against me I've experienced it like my mom was white and I'm in the in the grocery store and there's like like five kids that are chocolate, right? You know, like like that are like my skin, right? And um, and you know, and people are pointing at like like every time, like when I was going to school, like people would be like, "Hey, Stephen!" Like if my mom, she worked at the same school as me, and so she would leave the house. I know she would she wouldn't leave the house. What am I talking about? She would like leave the room when uh when they like she would come in and like like you know I forgot my lunch or like my whatever, and she'd come into my classroom. And then she would leave and then I could, I could like count down like five, four, three, two, one. Then boom, right on cue. They'd be like, Hey, are you adopted? And I'm like, no, I'm not adopted. Like, like, come on, like biology. Like I know she's white. You know what I'm saying? So like there would be just inner encounters that I would have. And so 
the reality of just racial things, period, already existed for me. You know what I mean? And like, especially in the South, like my dad would like, when my, he was dating my mom, like people would, I, my dad was like, he always jokes around about it, but like in all seriousness, people would constantly be coming at him, like about like him being with my mom. And my dad was like this, like six, I think he's like five foot six, like big dude. Like he would worked out, he bench pressed 475. And like mean, he was like, well, he's, he all jokes about how he's like, he was so mean before he like joined the church, but he would beat people up. Somebody, somebody like my dad, when he was, uh, he would get, he would get fired after people were like, my mom would drop him off. And sometimes they'd be like, no, don't drop me off. And then they would, he would drop her. She would drop her. She would drop him off at work. And they would see that, that my mom was white. The next day they would fire my dad. So what I'm saying is I'm just like, to me, it's just interesting from my perspective of like, I'm like, yeah, that's, that it exists. You know what I mean? Like racism is real, you know? And for people to say that it's not real, I mean, that's just like biases of any sort, racism or whatever, they exist, period. And so, and they've existed for a long time. So it's just interesting when you go back to church history, like for me, it's just, I can see that it was, it existed back then because it existed now. You know what I mean? Like just the, this is like 2021, that was like, you know, 1852, you know what I'm saying? So my perspective in my, in that, in that case, it's just interesting to see of like, those weren't some of the things for me personally that did. But, um, I think that's interesting about like the betrayal part, man. Like for you, like, was it like you were saying that was more of like, um, a disconnect, like the disconnect of it. Yeah. 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 You have anyway. the character of God here. Yeah. And as I'm getting older, it seems like it's almost like the character of God is not what I thought it was. But you're saying, but the reason why I brought that up was because you're just like, the band never went away. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, but like, to me, it's like, yeah, people still act like that, whether they're a member of the church or not. Like now, obviously there's a higher standard, right? But like, I mean, people teach, like, anyway, I can control how I teach my kids. And I don't know, like, racism still exists. I don't care what anybody says. Like, it still exists. Like, so as far as the history it still exists. The ban is still up, so to speak, as mm. far as the mindset or the culture, because yeah, racism yeah. still exists in the culture. So as far in the as the world, well, in the world, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not talking like, I'm just saying like, I'm so used to it, which I like when a lot of stuff happened recently over the past year, I like, I kind of woke up more like, I like, I've kind of been more of like, huh. Like, cause I, cause I'm a comedian. So like, I'll, I'll joke about it. And like a lot of my jokes were kind of therapy for me, you know? And people are like, man, you're always talking about these jokes about this and that. I'm like, man, that really happens to me. Like, that's what really happens. And it's funny because it's true. But sometimes I'm almost like, at what point is there where it's like, yeah, but it shouldn't be true. You know what I'm saying? So I just, just, as we're having the conversation, man, I'm just thinking like my entire life, man, like I've kind of just dealt with it. You know, and at what point do I kind of stay, like just kind of look at it for what it really is? Now, I, I have a, I, you know, I got a great life, man. I ain't been oppressed. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I, I got a lot of blessings, man. I can't complain in that way. But I think if we're trying to make a Zion like society, I do think there can't be no band that's not there. You know what I mean? And that's not just with race, that's with uh, uh, socioeconomic class, uh, the ability to, to, uh, I mean, bullying, all that kind of stuff, man. Like, treating people like people, like expressing ourselves in a way that we truly believe that we're all sons and daughters of God. I think that that's in so, that's so important to really realize, like, I don't know if we can just make it to be just about um, race. You know, it's got to be about all of it. All of it can't stand if Jesus is going to come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're trying to prepare this place for him to return, man, like, we can't, we can't be this all day. We can't be having all, anything, anything that's against our neighbor, you know what I mean? Anyway, sorry, I got it. I kind of went off the kind of no, no worries. Kind of stepped up on the. So no, I don't. I don't think you went uh, far off there, Stephen. I, I also wanted to ask. So as far as racism goes, and I really loved your explanation there. It's racism's everywhere, and racism's been around, and racism is still around. Can I correct that though? What I'm saying is like, I think that we we compartmentalize it to just about race when. We are so prideful as people in humanity that we are constantly 
like neglecting people, excluding people, not just with race, like people, how they, what they believe. I think that that, like, it should be all of that. It's got to be all of that. Because if we're just pinpointing it, this is just my personal perspective, okay? I'm saying, like, love your neighbor. Love God. Love your neighbor, you know? Because for me, and I'm not trying to, like, I'm just saying that that's important to realize that I'm not, I don't think that it's only race. It's got to, it's got to, we got to really look at all biases, all prejudice, everything, you know? Yeah, that's so true. And I, I also wanted to ask you before I forget is maybe what you feel about the racism. And I, and I really like what you said about all biases, love your Mm -hmm. neighbor. And that reminds me of Jesus a little bit because that's what he taught a lot. And anyway, you have a really cool story about playing Elijah Abel mm. and how you pictured in kind of, cause you, you said you kind of did some research cause you were going to play this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, maybe I'll just let you go and talk about that a little bit. Well, no, cause like, cause you were saying about how you, um, when you talk about the history and like your own perspective of like looking back at the history, cause I've had similar questions, you know, I've had, I've thought about like, well, like, what what really was it that happened? Like, when did it start? So I would look up more information about, like, how did it really start? You know, like, what was it that really, like, happened? Like, was it officially, like, in general conference? And I look back and I'm like, it was never really officially done in general conference, you know? But, like, in that process, um, the fact is that it happened, right? Elijah Abel, he had the priesthood. Like, he held the Melchizedek priesthood. And so if that were if that's true, which it is true, um, you know, yeah, Q. Walker Lewis, he had the Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, Pre- uh, Brigham Young said that he's one of the finest elders that he said, right? But like, what was it that really like took place that made it an issue and what made things start to change? As we filmed this film, like, it's like, it's a pretty just straightforward film. It doesn't really try to make it like, oh, Brigham Young's this terrible guy. It's like, in the past, the really truth, the truth, the fact is that people were joining the church and many people had slaves. Like, they really did. That is really what the truth is, right? When they would send people off to do, like, you think about, okay, the pioneer, tr- the pioneers went on this trail. Like, they sent people ahead of the time, ahead of ahead of them to, to trailblaze the trail, right? And we just don't have those stories because who's going to write the story? Like, that back then, that was pretty much like, that's what happened. That's what people did, you know? And so, as I was looking through this, I was like, dang, man, that like for real? Like they that was really what happened, you know? But then like as I've thought about it more and the, I've thought about it even more and more, you got Jane Manning James, who is, is present in this film as well. They went through all of these experiences. They uh a, a big portion of it is um, you know, Elijah Abel for the rest of his life, he continues to petition. And so I'm like, I was trying to figure out like, how am I gonna play this role? Like he had to been maybe like just passionate, but like frustrated you know like i've been in like he was in the temple he'd received his um he'd received his washington anointings but not not the endowment because it was just for kirtland because in kirtland yeah in in avu when they started that's right and if i'm i could be wrong on this he had already i think he had already done he had already performed some baptisms for his own family but he wanted to continue to do more that part might be incorrect of like but i know he'd already performed baptisms in the past and he's already like you know gone through all this and then now, because when we look at the the priesthood ban, you're like you're thinking, okay, he still holds the priesthood, but he now cannot go to the temple. And I'm like, man, like going through like just the different like how would that feel like you had gone through the temple and now you can't go through the temple, right? Like this is you know a saving ordinance. This is a saving ordinance, right? So like I'm I'm like thinking about all these types of things like that, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, you have to have the in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is made manifest unto the children of men, right? Moses, he said, I want my people in the same chapter. I want my people to see the face of God and live, right? When he came, when he went to the mountain and uh, in Doctrine and Covenants, the revelation, it explains more about how that was the true desire of Moses. But you have to go through the temple, those who have gone before, you have to be able to receive your own endowment in order for that to happen. And I'm like, dang, like, but in my own opinion, I'm like, okay, like, I don't really know everything, right? But then I got to the point where I was like, okay. And this is the question that I asked myself. I was like, they they stayed in the church. And I was like, dang. I never thought, <laughs> I never like, I never thought about it like that. You know what I mean? Like, 
like even today, members of the church, like COVID, we can't go to the, we, well, now they've opened it, right? But like, and we're like, well, I can't go to the temple every week, right? But it's like, like these people, like the covenants and the ordinances, like the relationship, the connection with Christ, like I really strongly believe that like, because I asked myself, like, well, how did they not, like, how did that not affect them? How did they stay faithful? How did they stay continuing on? I'm not saying like, oh, well, it was easy for them. You know what I mean? I'm saying, how did they do it? And I'm like, maybe it's just like the, that they, like, I just, I just think that that question overall is important to ask. Like, they didn't leave. Now, I know that there's probably people who, who have, for whatever reason, they've decided to make choices for themselves. But I'm saying, as I was playing Elijah Abel, I had to come to my, to the thought of like, they never, they didn't leave. They stayed. And we're going through seeing the history of the things that happened to them and the ones that we're seeing the disconnect with of the things that happened to them. We're getting flustered over that. But those are the people who actually didn't leave. And I just had never thought that before. I was just like, oh, it's just something that I've been marinating on. You know what I mean? And so it's really, it's really empowered me. It's really strengthened me in that perspective of like, well, like, what is it that caused that to happen? I don't know if that makes any sense to you. What did it cause it? Because my next question was like, how do you stay faithful? How do you stay faithful? How do you, how do you deal with this tough history? How do you, like, I want to stay faithful. And I'm not saying that it's easy to leave. Yeah. I, I'm, who's saying, it's, who's it's, saying that? Yeah. yeah. It's not easy to leave. Yeah. It's, it's not easy at all to deal with this. So you're stuck with two hard things. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be tough. But that's what I'm saying. Like, because people call it, it's like a faith crisis, right? Yeah. But I'm, but, but I'm saying like, that's what faith is. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, it, if you knew it wouldn't be faith, right? And so I'm not saying that like, I don't know how that'll, I don't know how that'll go with some people me saying that. But like, the truth is, it's like, it like for him in the perspective of him, as I've thought about it, it's like he had to have had a lot of faith, a lot of trust. Like if, if you look back in the Old Testament, you don't see the word faith except like maybe five times or less. But the word you do see is trust, 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 trust. And, um, I'm, and that's the question I'm asking is, what is it that increased his trust? What is it that increased Jane Manning James's trust? What is that increased uh, Greenflakes trust? These people who like put some blood, sweat, and like legitimate blood, sweat, and tears to help uh, the pro the progress of the church to to move forward the work of the of of the Lord. They had there had to have been something there that that allowed them to stay, you know. And I just I just thought that wasn't I just I just thought that was an an important thing to look at, you know, as I was trying to portray him, like. You know, because like when you're an actor, you try to like make like a subtext, right? Like what is it that's underneath it? Like that nobody knows about. Like he had to have been frustrated, you know, like he had this thing and it was gone. And now he wants to be able to do these things. And, um, and I think that that in that, in that, in that struggle, in that wrestle, he had to have increased his faith in Christ. That's really where I'm trying to get at with that, that I've come to realize as I've, as I've tried to, as I've tried to, uh, to portray that role of him, you know? And to honor him, you know, to honor his struggle, you know? That's amazing. We're, now that it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. A feature film. When can we watch it? So <laughs> right now, um, did you, you see the watch, premiere already? I saw the premiere and it turned out way, like this was like, this was on a shoestring, man. Like they had so many people that, uh, that came up. Uh, Alex Boyer is in it. Um, the Bonner family heavily in it. If you know the Bonner family. Um, Mowley, um, he's the one, uh, he's the one who wrote it. Um, uh, Clotilde, all of them, they, they're all a part of it. A lot of like, um, a yo-yo, she's, she's had a, a huge part in helping out. And so it took a little bit of time, but like, they're going to do a watch party coming up, but then I know they're in the process of, of the, of like the distribution and figuring all that with the theaters. The hope that from what I've heard so far is that hopefully in either in theater or, or, uh, purchase, will be uh pioneer day something like that Sweet. but i'm not I'm and not, what's I'm the not title a, do they it's have called, a title? it's called green flake is the name of green green flake green flake yeah so green flake is the historical figure 
who's the one who like had was pretty tight with Brigham Young. He's the one who was sent ahead. The most of the majority of the story is their journey through them preparing the way so that they could so that they could uh move across the West. Like they literally came ahead in the cold, chopping down trees, creating trails so that they could come through a little bit more smoothly. That's a big deal, man. It's cool. a big deal. I'm excited for it. Pioneer so, Day. Because this episode will probably come out before Pioneer Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, <laughs> I love that we talked about these historic figures. So now what makes me think is how can we, how can I deal with it? How can, how have you dealt with it? How have, how can other people deal with this mm. when we see these amazing people who kept their faith in the craziest and hardest of circumstances, yeah. probably imaginable. Now, how, how can I deal with it? How can others deal with it that are struggling really hard? Well, what can we hold on to while trying to navigate through this? So something that's come up as you're saying that, the first thought that I had as you were saying that just now was from the perspective of like, uh, Obviously, there's people who are wrestling with this, right? I think that from a reception part of it, I think we're quick to kind of jump on and be like, well, we, we got so many facts and those are good. But I think that what I've learned so far um, is that from the reception of like hearing someone who is struggling, like I think that's important to address. And I think that we need to just, in reality, like we just need to shut up and listen. I think that I think like, cause like I've had conversations cause I've studied a lot of it and I'm like, well, and I've like, cause I've had questions and I've studied more and the more facts, 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 which are important. But I think that as people are going through it and they are struggling, I think it would be very helpful to, for us to just pause and just mourn with those that mourn, comfort those that stand in need of comfort, right? Be a witness of God. Like, be like, that's what I feel like, like, yeah, like that, that couldn't have been easy. And just listen, like, just, we don't have to have an answer. We don't have to, uh, to answer someone. We don't have to have a rebuttal. We don't have to have a reason right away to like help somebody understand. I think that that would be really helpful. I think that um, for me personally, or anybody who's like try to wrestle with the thought of it, I think, I think that it's, I think for me myself, I, you got to get to a, like a point. It's, I think it's helpful to get to a point where it's okay if you don't know yet. Like that's a strong word for me right now. Yet for anybody. Um, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't know everything yet. I don't, I don't have to know everything now yet. You know, I do like, I love that you said that about Christ. Cause like, you're like, I know his character, but see, that's the, that's the thing. I think that like, we got to remember, I think that he is not, he is not, uh, he's, he's not the one we have issue with. Right. He's the hero. It's not Brigham. It's not Joseph. It's not, it's not, um, it's not any of these people. Like the real, the real hero is Christ. Like you, there's nothing that, that anyone could have done. There's nothing that, that any, any, uh, anyone, even the, even Satan can't, you can't mess up his work. You can't, you can't mess up the things that he's trying to, that he's trying to put into play, that he's trying to put into place. And I think that like, um, I think we, we, uh, we have to remember too, like, like the covenants, man. I feel like right now we talk so much because like in these conversations, we got to remember Christ. We got to remember the Abrahamic covenant. We got to remember um, his promises that he has made to the house of Israel. That we got to remember the promises that, that Christ has connected um, to us. Because think about it, like, who is it that... Um, like, I mean, there's so much bad going on in the world right now, 2021. And you could say, well, how, where's he at? But you think that you think you think that he can't redeem it? Do you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about COVID-19. Why did he let that happen? You think he can't redeem it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like listen, man. Man, this is like a little bit more personal for me. Like, I, um... Recently, I'm just trying to decide if I want to tell you. I might have already told you, but I got this little wristband on it. It's kind of weird. I'm like, should I keep on wearing this thing? This is when I went to the hospital. My wife, we lost our baby, man. We uh, Now, there's people that it's more severe, and it's kind of it's like relatively like three and a half months. 
three and a half months pregnant, man, that's a long time. To me, I don't care what anybody says. Anybody can have their own opinion on it. That's a long time to have a baby. You, I've seen the heartbeat, man. I've heard the heartbeat. I've heard like the sound. And I remember sitting in that room, looking at my wife, like when he was telling us, kind of put the gel on there. He can't find the heartbeat. Like, like he can redeem that. I believe that. Like, I can't speak for anybody else. I can't speak for other people's experiences. But what I do know, what I do believe is that Jesus Christ, he is powerful, man. I believe that. See, see, these things are personal to us because like that story of, of our child, um, that's a very personal story for me. Somebody that might have a different experience with the, the history, that's their personal story for them. But what I know about Christ is he's a very intentional, he's a very specific, he's a very, he's a very, um, he's a very intricate God. He's very specific. He's very personal. His love is very personal. His love is very um, intentional. And so um worst case scenario you can't mess his work up you can't you can't you can't and so for us i'm like like for me like i don't know how like you know you ever made a mistake like man i don't know how it's gonna work out <laughs> you know and yeah. can you imagine him being like man they messed up my stuff but right now in africa people are getting baptized left and right they're getting baptized there <laughs> i saw this meme it was funny I mean, anyway i don't want to be it was so funny it was like anyway i don't even want to go to it but but like I'm telling you, like right now in Africa, the church is growing so fast. And do they know about the history? Many of them do. Many, a lot of them do. But what they're coming to is they're not, they're not coming to a church. They're coming to Christ. They're coming to him. They're, they're, they're having experiences with him. Um, I don't know if that makes, if any of this is helpful, it makes any sense. But like, I can't, I can't like that relationship with him, like, I can, I don't know all the other stuff yet, but he's solid, you know? Can you talk about, I love your take on Jesus and Peter and when they're walking oh. on the water. When are we talking about that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and, yeah, 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 Peter. Listen, I've always heard that story about Peter walking on the water, right? Um, and that's one of my favorite stories, right? But we don't realize like Jesus was having one of the worst days of his life. Like he just fed the 5,000. He's like, uh, I believe recently, if I'm correct, that was very soon after John the Baptist's cousin had passed away. He, and like the, for the 5,000, the, the apostles are like, hey, no, we're not going to feed you. Right. And uh, that's my impression of them. You know, no way. That's like, that's the apostles back then. Anyway, <laughs> but like, he's going to feed the 5,000. He's like, no, 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 let him come. So then they get, they feed them and then they're like, okay, we're going to leave. And Jesus is like, I'm going to go up and I'm going to rest. They get in the middle of the storm. Now, Jesus knows the storm's going to come. How come he doesn't say, don't go in the storm? He could tell them that. He could say, don't, don't know. You, hey, hey, apostles, there's going to be a storm coming up. You don't want to get in that storm. He let them go. You think he didn't know? He had to know, right? So they get in the storm and then we think of like Peter. Right? Peter's on the, he's like walking. Oh, yeah, not yet, but like he comes across a storm-filled uh, lake all the way across. We don't think we like know he showed up. And they think it's a ghost. And he's like, he, uh, he calms everything down. And then what does he say to Peter? No, Peter says, Peter first says, hey, I want to walk, I want to come to thee. Right? And this was before the storm had calmed, right? I don't know. I, I got to look at the verse by verse. Like, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me. I don't want to, I don't want to mix that up. But I think the point though is though, like, um, they, uh, Peter walks out to Christ, right? And we look at Peter like, well, Peter walked. That's so nice. He, he fell, right? He, Peter fell in. How could he do that, right? Peter doubted. Can you? Peter doubted, right? <laughs> Peter yeah. fell into the water. Bless his heart. You know what I mean? He could have, he, he paid, he looked, he looked over and he wasn't focused on Christ. He wasn't <laughs> focused on Christ. And now this is good stuff. I've thought about it for so long. But then I was talking with my wife. She's a genius, man. She was talking about this. And we were talking about this together. And we was like starting to talk. We're like, wait, man, we focus so much on, on Peter, so much in that. And we focused on the fact that he lost focus on Christ. But wait, like, where was Christ when he fell? Like, he, he could have like, not let him fall. He walked all the way across that whole lake. He walked all the way across all of that water. And as Peter was falling, he could have not even let him fall. But he let him fall. And what happened when he fell? 
he was right there to pick it back up. You can't mess this stuff up, man. You can't. Like, the question though is like, well, well, did did they get it wrong? I mean, I, I like, what does it matter if it's wrong or not? You can't mess it up. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, because you know what I'm saying. Like, because I thought like, well, if it's if that's wrong, then does that mean that it's all wrong, right? Does it's it? It's a slippery slope. Does it? Does it? I think you're gonna say no. But I'm not saying. I'm little, I know. You, know. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's easy to think that, right? Really easy. Very easy. Yeah. Really so, easy. Why do you think that? Like, I'm just curious from your perspective. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I've I've thought about that a lot too. You know what I honestly thought? What? So when I was when uh, one of the turbines on the wing blew up, which is the race in the priesthood in Temple Band, and the plane was going down. And, you know, you think about that slope, too. So if this is wrong, and maybe a few other things that you you know or you think that may be wrong. And first off, is it okay to think that they could have been wrong? You know, what is it okay to, to be in that mindset? But what does it mean for them to be wrong? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why is it like, like, what is like, I'm not saying, I'm saying, like, what does that mean that they're wrong? I'm just really, I'm, I'm sincerely asking. You know what I'm Were saying? Were they wrong about the priesthood ban? Was it of God? But what I'm, so, so if you look at the history, we know, <laughs> yeah. like, I think that in the, in the, in the now, we have to realize that it was never a declaration at a pulpit. Right. It was, it was not. We have to be, I think that is the fact that we have to look at that that is what is true, right? And as you continue to go through the history, Right. We know that there were people who had the priesthood. Okay. Like that's true. Like we know it. Okay. So, all right. Now, as things happen, the history, man, like the, you got like a, the Smith family, that was their real, like that's their real family. They're like, hey, guys, do you want to, let me share this document with you. Like we, we, uh, we have all these historical facts of things that are like, that we're not really happy about, but like here, read it right now. Read my journal. You know what I mean? That, that was his family journal. You got me? Like, um, which, which Smith was it? Was it, um, I can't remember this, the exact Smith. There's so many, uh, just Joseph Smith Sr. Uh, you'd have to, I'd have to look up the actual, uh, it was, he was an early historic historian. Like think about even, uh, Elder Ballard. That's like his family. It's not that far back. Right. But like the early family, they were alive. They remember, they remember when all of it happened and that's their journals, man. Like Joseph, the, the Joseph Smith papers, that was his dad's, like, you're talking like, Grandpa, uncle, that that was their journals, you know, and they're like, "Hey, here's my journal. Read it." They didn't come on. That didn't happen, right? Anyway, that was random. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, exactly. And and as I thought of that slippery slope thing, where well, as I thought of that, if this is wrong, is everything wrong? And one thing seemed to catch me from falling down that slope. What was it? The Book of Mormon, man. The most unlikely thing that I thought would be. Such a, but for some reason, some somewhere like deep inside, like that stopped me from going all the way because okay. I was like, wait, 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 this might be wrong. I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. Like, but, but I know the Book of Mormon's true, you know, and I want to believe that Jesus is my savior, that Jesus is the hero of the story, that he'll save and redeem. Man, I want to believe that. That book right there. And man. that's what's, that's what's kept me. And throughout this little journey that I've gone through. You know, that's been on display a little bit. I feel like I'm coming to know to 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 believe that more. I, I still feel like I'm in a in a space where I I'm saying I want to believe mm -hmm. rather than saying I believe this is true or I know this is true. I think I'm still at that spot where I can only say I want to believe. Yeah, man. Look, because when you say the Book of Mormon, like that's a like. Like, as I've read the Book of Mormon, man, like every single word almost is about Christ, man. And like a lot of conversations that I've had, like he's not really in the conversation, man. Like, like, I don't know what it is. What is it that you like about it? Like what The Book of Mormon? Yeah. What I'm saying like for overall, because a lot of people focus on it and like, because some people would be like, but the Book of Mormon is my thing, right? But like, what is it about the Book of Mormon for you? Like, like, so like for me, like the Book of Mormon, like, especially looking at it from the perspective of the house of Israel, like the Abrahamic covenant, like 
I'm just like, if I study looking for the Abrahamic covenant, like President Nelson said this last conference, I'm like, man, like this is so much more simple but complex in its depth than more than I've ever realized over the past year or so as I've studied it. But I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that you notice? Well, I know that uh, several years ago I had an experience in my maybe early, yeah, a few years ago. I can't quite pinpoint when. If I thought about it a lot, I probably could. But And I was really struggling because I felt like I hadn't had a testimony of the Book of Mormon. And I felt like, how could I know this is true? How can I testify of this? How can I help other people see the Book of Mormon as the Word of God? And I just had this experience. I couldn't say it was one particular moment. I prayed and I got this manifestation or this vision or this wor words in my heart or this feeling, but it was mainly just this experience that spanned, I don't know how long, that spoke to the truth of it. And every time I read it was helping me either draw closer to Christ, think about Christ more. It helped me try to have a better relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It try it and it it made me feel the spirit most of the times I read it. And that that was the base. And as I kind of let that sit a little bit, you know, now I'm thinking I'm gonna get caught by that Alma 30, whatever scripture talking about. about if what? you don't believe, then want to believe and let that work in you. Mm. And it looks like I'm playing right into the hands of the scriptures. I feel oh, like that's you not got the, me. You got me. I feel Is like that that's not the first time <laughs> that's happened on this show, even where the scriptures got me. But I, I feel like that's because I, I, I can't go on and talk about a miraculous conversion story about the Book of Mormon. But from that experience of letting that work in me a little bit, and maybe what you said is pause mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. rather than go crazy and be like, I don't have a testimony of the Book of Mormon. Like, yeah. why why am I even a part of all of this? It's you know, you know, why am I trying so hard? And instead, and and I probably have to attribute this to my dad, just let, pausing and letting that sit mm. and work in me a little bit. And so from that experience on, I feel like the Book of Mormon is almost this untouchable evidence that the restoration of the gospel has happened in the latter days. And I think that's what gets me is that. Mm, that's interesting. And, and, you know, I could talk about Christ and coming closer to Christ and the book is all about Christ, which is all true. And I agree with, and I believe in, but I feel like that's what really gets me is like God's evidence mm. to all of us that he restored the gospel and he still deals with us anyway. Kind of a long-winded answer. I, I really wanted to give you a concise, good answer, but I feel like I have to figure out mm. whenever I am confronted with that question or what, whenever I'm thinking about it, I have to figure out sometimes because it's not always easy to have it ready mm. to answer. Like I would love to be like, Stephen, this is my answer. Look how spiritual and profound and amazing it is. And I feel like I have to figure it out every time. Is that bad? Well, you, you, any friend that you have, you don't have to explain your relationship with them because that's, that's, see, but see, that's what I've come to find. Like, like when I think of like, we look, we like separate it. Like it's this book that's like this, like, uh, like, um, that's the book here. That's the book here. Like, man, this is his words, man, through his prophets. Like, they weren't perfect people, man. You know what I mean? You think that Lehi never got never got upset with this kid? Like Lehi wasn't a perfect he wasn't a perfect guy. Like he was not. No way. No way. Right? But man, Jesus, he's man in that book right there. Like man, you can you can see him so clear if you look for him, man. I think that like I think that when I was a kid for sure, when I used to think about the scriptures, I would think more of like like it's the scriptures and I read the scriptures, right? And I read the words from the book of the scriptures. But like the older that I get, I, I've started to change it of like, I'm trying to connect with them. And like, like when I, like the way, when it, reading period, not even just the scriptures, when I read, it changes the way I think. You know what I mean? And when I think differently, it changes the way I, who I am. You know what I mean? And you know the pattern of like what it is. I feel like it's the same as the whole thing with Alma. Like, the seed to me, he says, the seed is not faith. The seed is his word. 
If you plant his word, it's not faith. Like faith is like a little seed. If you plant it, it will grow. No, it ain't, man. It's the word is the seed, right? Like I, I don't know who wrote the song. I'm not even hating on him, right? But the word of God is the seed, man. And the book is his words. Literally, it's the stories, but like there's oftentimes where he's saying, he's talking and he's like all third Nephi, man, that's hands down. That just, ooh, it's so beautiful, man. I, like, and, and look, man, Isaiah in the Book of Mormon to me is like so important because it establishes the covenant. It establishes the Abrahamic covenant. Well, you, like, you can say copied whatever you want. Joseph Smith, even if he copied it straight from the doc, from the New Testament, uh, it, it needs to be in there because it needs it need wherever it came from. It establishes the covenant. It's not some random Isaiah like Isaiah is just like, hey, you know, let me just do some parallelism. Like he's like, no, this is the covenant. I am real. I am a God that don't leave his people hanging. And the ultimate end, we live in a world where people have choices, but no matter what, I save my people. I redeem my people. I come back for my people in the third and fourth generation. I will come back. This is the greatest love story of all time. You know what I mean? Like people, if you, if you had a, if you, if you were married or if you were in a relationship and somebody cheated on you, I don't know how many times, how many, how long would it take? How long, how long would it take before you're like, I'm done him. He's like, let me give him another chance. Let me see if there's something more I can do in my vineyard. Let me try it again. Because if they're willing to make a commitment with me, then I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to give them some more time. I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to try to help them out. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's what that book talks about. That's man. That's my book, man. You can't say, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I'm reluctant to say this, man. Cause I know it's anyway, I don't want to say that. Like, <laughs> like, look for me, like, I don't like, should I say this? Like, I know people have issues of whatever he translated it with. I don't care if he translated with the paper. Like, I had a friend, this is a friend of mine said this, and I agree. Like, I don't care if he translated with the paper towel roll. I don't care what it was. That, that's a great, Dan, that, the words in that thing, shoot. That's the real stuff, man. Anyway. Well, I, I, well we did an episode with Brian Hales. Yeah. Talking about, and, it, and he, he prefaced all of it, right? He says, okay. We need to have faith in the Book of Mormon, right? But look at all this cool, amazing stuff that is more of like an intellectual support mm -hmm. and evidence mm -hmm. to why the Book of Mormon is like mm -hmm. the Man. craziest, most awesome, <laughs> and why the Book of Mormon is seriously a phenomenon. So there's no way Joseph Smith wrote that no book, way. man. No way. So hopefully any of our listeners or man. viewers can watch that. And that, that, that episode, that episode. Mm. And we also provided the PDF of his research in that he mm. did like five years of research on this thing. Yeah. It was amazing. So I, I, I do appreciate those moments where I can look and see, wow, it just makes sense. That the book of Mormon's true outside of all these, all this amazing stuff that you just illustrated. It's just cool. Like the witnesses, the witness testimonies, none of them, still, all of this they evidence. Left and they still, they, none of them, none, none of them, them denied it, it, man. None of them denied it. Not one. No. And that, and that no. was interesting. Cause that was one of the, when we started this podcast, I thought, oh, we have to do it. We have to do an episode about the witnesses. And we did do like a story episode about the witnesses. The fact that if, it, you know, thinking that if I chose that other hard route, right, we talked about two really tough routes leave mm -hmm. the, leave try to leave and, and figure things out or try to stay and figure things out right and i feel like if i left to try to figure things out i couldn't deny my testimony of the book of mormon yeah, yeah. you know so that's that story really resonated with me <sighs> that's my book man listen like i know we're talking a lot about the book more but i think that this is really the foundational of it man like like the truths that it teaches that are just simple too, man. Like it's just, it has to be witnessed that like, cause the Bible is true. Like, it, but we need an assurance because that's, I mean, think about how much we've been even saying now we crave assurance and there you go. Boom. That I'm, that he is the real deal, that he does keep his promises, that he does keep his commitments. We need that. And of like, I don't know, like the, the translation. Do you know today, uh, I was watching this, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember where I found this out. Oh, the the trans the person is above the translation department of 
of like the Book of Mormon now. Like they're still doing translations. Do you know how long it takes to translate one, like a Book of Mormon into a new language from start to finish of like research? And do you know how long it takes? It takes seven years. Whoa. Which if you think from start to finish, from the first time he came to Joseph Smith, from when he was 14, all the preparation that goes into place. And then, you know, the days he translated it were very short, like yeah. 90 days or less, right? The actual translation as days. As few as like 55 yeah. or 57. Yeah. As few as. But today, translating the Book of Mormon that's already been translated. With a it, team. With a team. I'm sure. A, with a team. A substantial team. I don't know. Maybe one person sitting in the in some office somewhere, but it, I assume it's a team. Seven years. I didn't know that. Seven. Like, it roughly. I mean, it's not perfectly seven years, but it's almost, it's ironically the same amount of time. More than you, 55 days, probably? Well, what I'm saying, like, oh, when God prepares the way, like, uh, Joseph okay. Smith. Like, think about the progression of Joseph Smith. First time he yeah. saw the plates yeah. or the first vision. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a cool way to look about yeah. it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, man, I'm with you on the Book of Mormon, man. Like, Book of Mormon. Book um, of Mormon for the win, man. But my dad's the same way. My dad. Um, oh, yeah, you'd he, say that you can't tell him the church isn't true. But what I'm saying is you can't because, look, my dad, my dad, like, he joined in 1979. And, like, people wouldn't want to. They didn't home teach with him. People wouldn't. Uh, but he learned how to read. My dad, I remember as a kid, when I was in high school, I would write checks for my dad. I would write checks for my dad uh, in the grocery store, right? He wasn't. He played football. He never really learned to read, man. But uh, he went to jail. And I'm not trying to bash on my dad at all, but my dad's been through. My dad's a pioneer, man. You can't say nothing about him, right? Like, he um, he learned to read by going to the public library and bringing his Book of Mormon. That's what's up, man. Like, that book right there, my dad to this day, like, now that you can listen to it, he can, he can read. But he's always like, man, I was listening to the scriptures, man. Like, you know... Miles, man, that's the book, man. You can't tell him. You cannot tell my dad that 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 all this. Stuff. My dad's gone through a lot of stuff in the church, um, with like with racial stuff. But he's like that. You can't because he loves the Book of Mormon, and he lo like, and he's ingrained that in me, man. Like he's ingrained in me just the work ethic, of just like of um, not trying to, but just just like just the, the the like he's just a so he's so faithful. Like he he's loyal, but not just for loyal sake. Like he's been knocked down, but like he can see the difference between who Christ is versus just people, you know? That's that's what and I feel like he can grain that in me a lot. So hmm. well, I wish that we could talk for a few more hours. <laughs> We've like been gone for a little while. <laughs> um, but uh, before we end, I wanna <clears throat> you've talked about a meme that you wanna make. No, and, when I was telling you before, what was, and, it, what was it saying to you? Where you have a picture of, maybe I'll. No, I, so before I, before we were filming this, um, we were just kind of chatting and I was telling you about how like, uh, like, cause, cause a lot of times we think like, um, cause, cause a question that's not even about the priesthood, but like, like just in life, man, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Like, don't we either think this, like, how can you, how can God like allow all of these horrific things to happen? And then one day I was sitting and I was like, oh my gosh, like I can just, I could just add this, uh, this visual of like a picture, kind of like a meme, but it wouldn't be a meme because it's not like a joke, you know, of Christ on the cross, right? And uh, the, the phrase that would be on the top of it, there's two of them that came to mind. Number one was like, just that phrase, why do bad things happen to good people? And then the second one was um, love is a verb. Love is a verb. Like he proved who he was with what he did. And he's like, look, look, look. That's where you, that's the reason why he came. Cause he knew that we're not perfect. He knew we'd mess up. That doesn't justify any of it. But that's why he's the redeemer. That's why he he's not, his last name isn't Christ. He is the Christ. He is the anointed. He is the one who came to save us all. Whoever will whoever will decide to come to him, whoever will choose to come back to him. And again, you can't mess his work up. And I want to just end on that, Stephen. I thank you for coming on. What an amazing conversation. And we really hope it helps all of you out there. Hopefully you can relate. Subscribe to us on YouTube and watch out for these wherever you find your podcasts. and. 
Um, anything else you want to say, Stephen? I'll just say like, uh, I can't speak for everybody. I know that this isn't going to really mess with everybody, you know, but we all got to figure stuff out for ourselves. And I would just emphasize that idea of like listening. Just we're in a time right now, so many people mourning. You don't have to understand why people are mourning to mourn with them. Like to me, this is something that I thought of, man. Like when we went through all of this with this baby, I, I came to this conclusion that pain is pain. Like you may have not, you're, you're, you may be a woman who's never had a miscarriage. And our family, we just went through that, right? But nobody, like not everybody's experienced that. What I've seen though is the people who have are a little bit more empathetic. But what I realized though, I was like, you know what? From now on, I don't need to know. I don't need to have experienced it. I know what pain's like and pain is pain. Like if you've experienced pain, I've experienced pain. I know what pain is. And so I'm with you, you know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's what I would add. This is a Saints Unscripted original podcast and is hosted and executive produced by me, Jacob Watson, and Saints Unscripted. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll catch you next time.